Welcome to the Playful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Growing up, I struggled with my weight, self-confidence, and body image, and like many in my teens, I developed an eating disorder, I battled codependent behavior, and it all affected my mental health. As the years went by, I learned and grew in healing, and I found serenity, really in empowering others to let go of their pasts and to embrace their own leadership in their health and well-being. Now it is my mission as a coach, author, speaker, and podcast host to inspire and empower you to live your best, most playful life. On this podcast, you will hear from our guests about their personal struggles and breakthroughs in their health, careers, and relationships. You'll also receive tips, knowledge, and inspiration to tackle your own health goals and start living the dreams on your heart. Ready? Let's play. Joining me today on the podcast is a great friend of mine and a colleague in the fitness and wellness world, Elaine Bince. And for those of you who have been following the podcast for a while, the first time I had Elaine on was about a year ago. It was May of 2020, roughly, and we were pretty much still figuring out how we were going to weather the storm of the pandemic in our businesses and our personal lives, and you know how we were going to pivot and make sense of what we were doing uh, when we couldn't really see clients face to face. And I'm so proud of Elaine. She has pivoted so well and been able to join the virtual space. And she actually is helping way more people now because she's gotten online and into a whole different way of serving her clientele. And what's so interesting about the two of us is, you know, we're in roughly the same market. And we definitely do a lot of the same things in our businesses, but we attract just completely different people to us and we helped people in totally different ways. And we often uh, laugh when we get together on you know walks or for coffee and really talk about the things that she loves to do in her training business and the things that I really love to do. And they're, they're so different and we just, we get along so well. And I'm very, very happy to bring you this episode. I think that you're going to find a lot of good inspiration here and uh, hear from a woman who is strong and just making things happen for herself and for her family. Enjoy. Hello, Elaine. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me uh, back here on The Playful Life. So um, our audience that might have been watching uh, close to a year ago now might have seen uh, the episode that we did together. And it was a little bit different back then because we were recording, I think, live um, on Facebook and and YouTube. And it was uh, very early in the morning. So it's very nice that we had time to do this a little differently today. So we're not uh, so stressed about that. But um, and I, I do recall, Elaine, I was sort of went and rewatched that episode. And, you know, we talked a lot about, it was May, I believe, towards the end of May yes. of 2020. Yes. And, you know, at that point we were talking a lot about like, oh, how are we adjusting to like this oh, new gosh. world? And yeah. you know, the pandemic was sort yeah. of still kind of fresh, right? I mean, comparatively. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, we, we were both sort of in this transitional period in our uh, businesses as health coaches and trainers. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited because, uh, I mean, we've seen each other several times, uh, you know, yeah. sort of throughout yeah. the, the year, but um, just regrouping and, and letting our audience know what you've been up to and yeah. how you've weathered all of this. And, oh, um, you know, maybe some of the positive ways that this has uh, influenced you and your, your business model. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, yeah. so tell me a little bit, um, you know, looking back on this year, if you will, like what, what were some of the the highs and some of the lows for you, you know, as far as being oh my um, gosh. a coach. 2020, Crystal, we made it. <laughs> we survived. We had a lot of changes. Um, last year, I was not very comfortable with technology. Uh, I am I am much more proficient with technology. I bought these handy dandy AirPods and I've just gotten more comfortable with beginning working with clients remotely and just so many, so many changes since the quarantine. Um, so the majority of my business pre-COVID, I guess we can say, um, was in person. And then now about 80% of my business is remote. And at first I wasn't very comfortable with it, but now I love it because we've really been able to like break down the walls, so to speak, you know, like, because now people can take me outside on a walk if they're living in Nashville and their weather is different than mine. Or if they're in Alaska and they're in different time zone. I mean, I've just had, I've had so many unique experiences that I would never have had if I did not expand my remote services. Wow, that's really cool. So how did you get hooked up with someone in Alaska to train um, and work she with? She was actually, I actually had worked with her when she lived more locally and, and just, it's just the explosion of information. So I know the internet has been around, like I am aware, you know, I mean, obviously I went to college and, you know, the whole email and all that. Um, but the truth is I, I wasn't very comfortable with, like, I, like I created a website, right? It's my name, elainebenz.com, right? So just, just doing a simple thing like that, just putting it out there, it just kind of made like all these crawlers and all these connections all over the place. And it just connected people I knew and the people I knew with the people they know. And it's just, well, this worked for so-and-so. But the truth is, I mean, even like in your business, they don't have to physically be here to work out, to change their diet, to make healthy decisions. You don't have to physically be in person for any of that. And I think the big takeaway, the big highlight from COVID that I got was that you don't have to be in the same physical location in order to work together. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I, I love that part of it. And I think we were, we were just speaking kind of before we hit record on this, that um, you know, part of my business still is sort of meeting people where they are and going to people's yeah. homes. And, you know, that really exploded for me during COVID because people okay. were comfortable maybe with me coming over and wearing a mask and, you know, a sort of yeah. socially distancing inside their home, but they weren't super comfortable with, you know, going to the gym or, you know, or, or right. that. So, um, so I've seen a really big boom for me in that way, but now it's, right. it's just, it's starting to, um, get difficult, <laughs> uh, for me, I think time-wise yeah. Sort of drive around and meet with people and right, um, right. you know sort of factoring in all of that time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah. even though I've turned my 
car into somewhat of a university, you know, being able to <laughs> yeah. listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts yeah. and yeah, that's you know, awesome. stuff like that, which, that's which awesome. I enjoy, you know, but, um, yeah. but that doesn't really, uh, you know, take away from the energy part of it, right? The energy yeah. Yeah. Put into it, so. Well, yeah, like you said, like the resources have changed. I mean, I, I've known several people, their gym has closed, whether they're local or they live on the other side of the country. You know, a lot of the boutique studios that were a specific type, whether it was like, you know, bar or CrossFit um, or functional training, a lot of those really small facilities, they, they did not weather the storm of COVID and, and they closed. Um, so, so depending on where you live locally, I know we talked about the YMCA a lot last time we interviewed last year. I mean, those types of places, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, people are feeling comfortable enough to go back. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of the small specialty fitness centers, un unfortunately, they, they're not, they're not still around. Right. Yeah. Which is strange because I feel like the more boutique style, right. Where there's maybe only two or three people in a studio at a time are probably really the places that people would feel comfortable right. being right. in. But just from a financial standpoint, right. you know, when you right. can't have 20, 30 people in the building at once, right. just, I mean, you just logistically right. can't make it work. So yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's yeah. really been interesting. And, um, you know, I, I commend you and, you know, people and you too. Are, well, thank you, you know, for really being like, you know, thinking outside the box and, and really yeah. meeting people where they yeah. are. And I know that, again, that's something that we've talked about with your just style of training and coaching is that you meet people, yeah. you know, where they are in sort of like a, not a, a physical space sense, but like a headspace, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What they need. So yeah. um, I'd love yeah. to, before I forget that we were going to talk about this, um, and excuse me if I don't pronounce it right, but Ayurveda, Ayurveda. Ayurveda, okay. <laughs> okay, Ayurveda? so one of the things, so granted, you know how like there's like Captain Obvious and everybody knows this, right? Um, but you know, okay, so like you go get your hair done, right? Or your nails, or I don't know, you go, you go to like some service professional and that person, you know, they know, they know every story about your spouse. They know stories about your kid. I mean, basically like, let's, let's call it for what it is. Crystal, you and I were low paid therapists, right? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. we, we help people get in shape and mm -hmm. eat better and, you know, um, but really what people want is someone to connect with, right? So I've had this comprehensive program and it's been around for a while. It's, it's a health and wellness program. That's a, it's a higher cost program, but it's also a program where I can work more on and kind of what you're talking about, like the headspace stuff. And what I've infused into it is more of the Ayurveda practices. Um, so I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner. I'm not a medical doctor. Um, and so if you're, if you're unfamiliar with Ayurveda, it's a, it's a holistic model. And I've, I've always been a holistic health coach and a holistic personal trainer, which basically means I would much rather say like, okay, client A, you got diagnosed with high blood pressure. Okay. So let's follow your physician's guideline. Let's take your high blood pressure meds, but let's naturally holistically, you know, let's cut back on your sodium intake. You know, let's add 20 minutes of cardio a day to your current routine. Or if you don't have a routine, let's get you started with movement. So uh, the Ayurveda model, it brings in all the practices of, of traditional medicine in India and it brings them in using more like some herbs, Chinese medicine, which I've referred out to a couple of local traditional Chinese medicine practitioners in the area because I don't practice Chinese medicine. Um, we did, oh my gosh, we paid off our student loan debt. 
in 2020. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm sorry. Squirrel. That is very squirrel exciting. Wow. That's squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say is if I wanted to go back to school and get like a master's, cause you could get a math, you can get a degree in Ayurvedic medicine. Okay. And you can go get a degree in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. Well, all these certifications and all this stuff behind me, Crystal, we finally Finally, in 2020, which even though it was a crazy year, after 16 years, we Yay. paid off our student loan debt. So wonderful. So wonderful. Oh Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Which it brings me back to Ayurveda because I love learn, learning this content. But to, truth be told, I just can't, I can't imagine going back to school again and getting more student loan debt. So I've just been reading a lot, infusing these practices into what I do, things I can offer, like I use my exercise phys degree for more of the programming, my dietetics, you know, degree for more of the nutrition, but then I've been referring people out. You know, I don't, I don't know a lot about essential oils, but I know somebody I can refer my clients to. And I am not an acupuncturist, but I know someone I can refer people to. So I've been developing this comprehensive program where I use a lot of, you know, meditation, breathing, different practices that I'm, I'm qualified in to work with my clients, but then also pulling out other practitioners that are in the area that are, that are probably, you know, Ayurveda would be, it would be considered alternative, you know, alternative medicine. I, I don't think you could go to an Ayurvedic practitioner and then, and then like submit that to your insurance. I, I don't know if insurance would reimburse you. Um, but, but they do things like, you know, herbal remedies, you know, whereas, you know, as, as a holistic person, I might say, you know, let's try a little ginger or let's throw a little turmeric in, you know, things that we can lower the inflammation in your body. Um, but if you went to a traditional doctor and say you had some sort of inflammatory disorder, they might put you on a medicine. Whereas an Ayurvedic practitioner, they're going to do more herbal remedies and talk to you about diet, stress management, things like that. Right, right. Well, that makes uh, complete yeah. sense. And that's very much how I practice, probably without even really knowing it. Right. Um, you know, in my right. health coaching business, exactly. yeah. there was a term for it. But um, I yeah. just had this conversation with one of my clients the other day. Uh, she goes to, um, you know, a doctor who's a direct primary care physician. And, um, you know, I, I work alongside, uh, Dr. Patrick Hobbins, which I, who I've had yeah. on, the, uh, on yeah. the podcast. And, um, you know, we were, we were sort of talking about like that, that transition of yeah. sort of this cultural shift of the way people want to consume their medical, uh, right. practice, or they want to consume their medical, you know, uh, help or whatever, and, and where they yeah. look for physicians. Yeah. And you know, I think people are getting very frustrated and I, I think COVID yeah sort of shown yeah. a light even more so on that because, um, I mean, I know for me, I, I just would get so frustrated, you know, calling the doctor and they're a part of this network. And then I'm, I'm getting on the phone, I'm talking to a, a machine or I'm going to somebody yeah. who's in a corporate office and they're bouncing me back to get an appointment. And it's like, by the time I get there, you know, the nurse practitioner who I see, she really wouldn't know why I was there. I have to explain all this all over again. You know, it's just, it's, and then you feel like you're there for 10 minutes and they just go, okay, well, what's the easiest thing to treat here? This is probably this, right. And it's, um, it's just so impersonal. And I think people are getting really frustrated. And I mean, not even to bring in the whole conversation about, like you said, uh, health insurance, right. Which is oh, mean, yeah. another, another beast to tackle on itself. But oh, yeah. I think people are just yeah. becoming more aware that like, yeah, I need to be my own advocate for yes. 
my health and wellness and you know what does yeah. that mean where can I go to find yeah. the answer so um, yeah. I love that you have said well I might not be an expert in this or that but here's yeah. a person who is and here's a person who does this and um, at the start of 2020, I had uh, the vision to to do the same, right? To say, um, yeah. you know, that collaborative effort. And I think we even had talked about that several yeah. times throughout the yeah. year, right? Like, okay, where where am I lacking, or or where can I maybe call in somebody who's an expert with that? And so um, that's sort of yeah. where that whole personal chef thing came in, right? But yeah. um, so I, I love that. So how is that? I guess maybe freed up your headspace or like enables you to like take a breath or helped your emotional, um, you know, state of being, you know, knowing that you have these collaborations. Well, the biggest thing, I mean, just like you, like we were talking about your physical therapist last time, last year, you, you were having some ankle, you were doing rehab for ankle, for your ankle. Mm -hmm. I mean, and those are the kinds of things like, okay, you and I are not physical therapists, you know, nor do I have any interest in going back to school for physical therapy, you know, um, but the, the thing of it is, is that you have to be a part of a team. Um, so what I, I've been, I've been talking a lot about is what you just said, a collaborative approach at helping people with what they need. And I completely respect the medical model. I mean, if, if something happened to my son, you know, if he, if he had some sort of injury, oh, you better believe I'd be going to the ER and I'd be taking care of it. And I trust, you know, the doctors. Um, but a lot of times when it comes to chronic conditions, you know, if someone has been saying like, you know, I've been having this particular pain in this particular area and, and you of I have done, we've both done our own research and you're like, okay, the orthopedic surgeon hasn't helped, you know, and maybe the chiropractor has helped, but it only lasts for so long. Or, you know, how about, you know, strength training? How about you seeing acupuncturist? You know, I mean, there's the thing is, is that you and I are not, we're not a one-stop shop, you know, and there's all these other people that we can work with to help people. And right now, even still, what we're a year, this is a year out from the quarantine from last year, a lot of my clients are still not getting, and I'm really big on this. So please, anybody who's listening, like, please, please, please get back on the wagon with your preventative appointments. Um, I've had, I've had people, you know, I mean, I ask my clients all the time, you know, have you had colonoscopy? Have you done your mammogram? Things like this. Um, but people still are not comfortable going to the doctor. Mm. You know, I've had clients that still haven't gone back to the dentist and it's been a year and I'm like, okay, well, you know, we, I, cause they're, cause they're afraid even, even clients that have gotten the vaccine, you know, there's still, there's still like a fear and an anxiety. And I, I understand that. Um, but if, you know, you haven't had a mammogram in two years or you haven't had an annual physical in three years, you know, I mean, I, I'm really, really encouraging my clients to get back into the habit of, of doing their preventative, you know, health appointments. Yes. Yes. I completely agree with you. And I've seen that same thing, um, you know, happening. And I, I, I even, I've read, you know, just a little bit of the statistics and it, it seems like, I don't know, I mean, certain illnesses are not presenting as much statistically, right. but I think right. that has to do with people not going right. to their doctors, right? Not getting right. diagnosed with these issues. Right. Right. You know, exactly. Oh, diabetes is slightly down. Well, no, you know, the people who are gonna be diagnosed with diabetes in 2020 right. just didn't go to the doctor. Um, you know, but there's, I think that a, a two-part component to it, right? That um, I hope people are waking up to the sense that, okay, um, I do need to go see my primary care physician, but I also need to take my own leadership and responsibility right. with my health right. 
And I right. think that's why you and I are, are tending to be a little bit busier because people are going, yeah, I know I'm overweight. I know I have right. high blood sugar. I know my diet is not very good. Um, and they're just like, well, am I, I'm going to go expose myself to my primary care physician. They're going to tell me I need to lose 20 pounds. They're going to tell me I need to get my cholesterol under control. They're going to, you know, tell me all these things. And they're like, I already know, let's just start here, <laughs> you know, instead right, of right, going right. through the motions of all that over and right. over again. So I hope, right. you know, people are becoming a little bit more aware and, of that. And a benefit, I think like you and I, if you do, I mean, I do, my session durations are like 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour, you know, so say the average client works with me for 45 minutes in, in defense of the medical system you know, have I gone to any of my specialists? Have I gone to the OB and spent 45 minutes with her? You know, have I gone to my primary care and spent 30? It's, it's not so much that the, that the physician doesn't want to spend the time. It's just the, the way the model is organized. You know, if someone says to me, we're going to spend 45 minutes, you know, and, and I have a recent client who just got diagnosed with prediabetes. You know, the first question I'm asking in the session is, do you even understand your diagnosis? Mm. You know, cause you know, the doctor, you know, and I understand and I respect their time, but you know, say they only had 10 or 11 minutes with their patient. Well now with me for, they, they might have 45 minutes. So we have the luxury of time, you know, to talk about, you know, well, do, do you understand what insulin is? Do you understand what blood sugar is? You know, do you understand the impact, you know, carbohydrates might be playing on the way your body is responding with these different blood values. So, you know, I think a lot of it starts with simple education. I mean, I can't tell you how many med clients I've had the conversation with, you know, that have high blood pressure. You know, I ask them, like, do you understand the impact that that consuming a high sodium diet has on your blood vessels and how it irritates the blood vessels and that increases the pressure that you have and that increases your blood pressure. And, you know, nine times out of 10. And it's 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 again, this is not any sort of a, an attack on the medical model or physicians. I know you guys are doing the best you can, you know, with the time that you have. Um, but, but having a simple understanding, like, Hey, you know, even, even if they log their food for one day, like, Hey, I noticed, you know, you're, you're consuming like 6,000 milligrams of sodium a day. Like, you know, when you have that popcorn, you know, and that's, that's, that's not outrageous for, for some of the food logs I've seen with, with my clients, you know, how about on that popcorn, you know, how about instead of you putting, you know, a teaspoon or two teaspoons, how about we cut that in half and how about we have half a teaspoon or a quarter of a teaspoon, you know? And then when you wake up the next day, hopefully, you know, your rings fit or, you know, your shoot, you're not as bloated, you know, you're not getting all the swelling in the joints. Um, but some of these, you know, what I would call holistic treatments, like reducing your sodium, you know, going to bed 15 minutes earlier, you know, turning your screen off an hour before you go to bed. You know, these are not things that really cost money and it's, it's not a pill, but it's a practice that that person can implement into their life. And it's, it's a health habit that might make even more of an impact to either reduce the amount of medication they need, or they, then they either reduce their chronic disease. I've even had clients that didn't need um, their blood pressure medicine after losing a certain amount of weight and then changing their diet. Yeah. Like how, yeah. how wonderful is that? That is uh, so rewarding. Not only yeah. for them, but I feel like for yeah. us, right? As those people yeah. to help them. Yeah. Get, um, I mean, nothing yeah. again, nothing against like Western medicine and, you know, some yeah. people legit need, you know, a medication to help them. But, right. um, you know, I, I've seen just a trend where people rely too much on medication. Right. 
because making those lifestyle changes is hard. I know. And I know, I know. And, uh, but, but ultimately, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading this great book about, um, actually like health in the Bible and like how, um, you know, like, or like just how God designed the world to sort of like give us what we need and like how it's sort of like a personal responsibility to take care of your health and all these things. And it's, um, just bringing up a lot of interesting concepts for me, you know, that, um, we, we shouldn't rely on, on some out, uh, outside source always to fix our problems. Right. But that we can sort of come inward and say, okay, well, what can I do? You know, how can I take leadership of the situation and, you know, make the book, what is uh, I have to look at, I think it's called like health in the Bible or something like literally. Like, really? Oh, sort of okay. Simple wow, like that. Okay. But yeah, it's, that's um, awesome. It's sort of, you know, awesome, I, I picked it up like at a, a, a church conference, just like for free. Okay. It was just like, here, take that's one awesome. of these books for free. And that's I was awesome. like, Hey, this is, seems really yeah. interesting. Um, but I mean, and, yeah. and not just the Christian religion, but I, I think just across yeah. the board, a, a lot of, um, yeah. you know, religions or spiritual practices, yeah sort of talk about that, right? That, um, you know, your physical health is so much connected to your spiritual health right. and, um, right. you know, sort of taking care of all of the things. And when I think of holistic practices, that's sort of what I think of, right? That, um, you know, I, I like to help people do the all-encompassing approach where, right. you know, right. and, and I'm sure you do too, right? Where they're, they're yeah. not just saying, okay, well, I just want nice arms and a six pack, right? right? Because <laughs> don't you I mean, love that? Because only one part of your body is gonna change. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're gonna be so happy with everything else, <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah, even thinking about that, like in a holistic way, right? well, yeah, we're unfortunately like we can't just spot reduce fat. Like we got to work right. on all the things for you to get a tighter stomach, you know, just so exactly. Like I just need yeah. to work on my stomach. I'm like, right. Right. <laughs> and that segues you into diet. You're like, all right, let's talk about what you're putting in your body. Well, I love that you were talking about the mind so much too, because I'm telling you, if there's anything else I've gained from this whole 2020 COVID quarantine whole debacle is, you know what, as soon as you decide something in your mind, like you have to, you have to find, you have to find the steps and the path to get there. Right. So like we were talking a little bit about chronic disease, like say all of a sudden your doctor says, well, you know what? It sounds like, you know, based on all these symptoms you're telling me, it sounds like you have anxiety. Well then like there becomes this internal message in the mind. That's like, oh my gosh, I have anxiety. This explains so much. And then depending on how the person responds to that, they may or may not feel like they have this locus of control, you know, like, well, what can I do about it? And do I need to be on anxiety meds for the next 80 years, you know, or can, you know, is there something I can do everyday living, maybe pair it initially with the medication. Um, but what are some other things I can do so that I'm not super reliant, you know, just on the medicine? Right, right. I think about uh, when I broke my ankle almost oh, yeah. you know, a year and a half ago, Right. Yeah. And they gave me a boot and they were like, okay, well, you can walk with this boot. And I did. And, um, did, a, I did, I can't even believe the things I did in that boot. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. Here's this boot. And you're going to wear this forever. Right. Yeah, no, it was never yeah. like that thought never even crossed my mind. Like, yeah, yeah I need to do it right now. Yeah. Cause this is what my body needs. This is what I need to heal. 
but what are the other things I need to do? I needed to see Audric over at Effort Performance yeah. you know, PT yeah. and I needed to yeah. rest it. I needed to uh, give myself the proper nutrition and lots of protein, yeah. BCAAs to recover and you know have time for mm-hmm. those ligaments to recover. And I, I, I thought of that in that time, I was like, that this is a lot like taking a prescription medication, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, maybe for six months, eight months or, or whatever, six weeks, whatever the, the time period is that people are on medication, but, it, but the goal yeah. should always be, okay, so what else can I do? What's, what's the all encompassing yeah. way to sort of get past this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I know I need this now, but this is not forever. This is not the right. ultimate yeah. and all solution. Yeah. And to go beyond, go beyond what's the next step. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, how's your ankle doing now? <laughs> uh, the ankle is much better. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I have awesome. learned to slow down. I think I've, I learned a lot in that, you know, in that process. Uh, and I have taken a lot of impact out of my own workouts. Um, oh, nice. I started swimming, which I know ah, you're a swimmer and I've never yes. been a swimmer. So, um, I'm not a swimmer. I'm not a swimmer. Okay. Not a swimmer. Not a swimmer. I, I do swimming because it's so good for the joint. Yes, okay, <laughs> if so you ever like see me in the here. pool, if you, okay, just, you ever happen to be in the next lane, I, <laughs> I, I do my best in the water, but I'm, I'm like very much so originally a, a runner who ended up in the pool because of injury. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is so funny. So we're exactly like, like, I know how to get from one end of the pool to the other without drowning. Right. And, <laughs> and I come up for air sometimes, but yes. by yes. no means am I like a swimmer. I was oh, never on a swim team. I mean, I never even really took a swim lesson. So I just, you know, but yeah, you just, you do what you got to do. Right. And so, um, oh my gosh, and yes. I'm preaching yeah. that so much with my own clients that, you know, work with your limitations and it's okay yeah. not to jump around all the time. And here I was sort of beating up my body for years and years. And, um, you know, oddly enough, the it's, it's like, everything is so interconnected, right? And oh, I, I yeah. Talking to, you know, uh, my physical therapist, Audric about this, because he just understands this so well that, you know, one injury, sometimes even when you're a kid leads yeah. to another thing, leads to another thing, yeah. leads to another thing. And that breaking my ankle wasn't, wasn't the start of something. It was the result of all of these other things that, you know, I had maybe recovered from, but never truly addressed, you know? Um, so, so now because the ankle was on the left foot, now I've developed a Taylor's bunion on my right foot. Oh no. You know, I'm sort of dealing with that now. And it's just always like this flip flop, flip flop thing of like right. between, between the feet right. and that's my lot in life and that's okay. And, you know, learning yeah. to deal with those limitations again. And, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, again, wow. we were talking about sort of like that yeah, feeling overwhelmed and having a lot going on. And, uh, this oh, yeah. week, my foot was finally like, okay, we're doing a little bit too much again, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the body sends you those pain signals. I mean, I, t- I tell people all the time, you know, you have this like vagus nerve, right. And there's like a direct connection you know, to the, the crane, the cranium, you know, and I mean, not just, I know science aside, literally like how you feel, what you eat, there is, there is like an immediate, an immediate response. So if you are having pain anywhere, there's somewhere in your body. That's like, wait a second, I'm feeling pain. What can I do to not feel pain or what can I do to feel good? So a lot of times, I mean, I can't tell you how many of my clients, they even, even high level athletes, 
that have been in college or amateur and they get injured and they end up in that, in that injury rehab time gaining weight. And a lot of it is like depression, overeating, you know, it's like, how can I feel good? Because they used to have this habit of doing their sport or just working out because you had all these awesome chemicals telling your brain, I'm happy, you know, working out, dancing, whatever you're doing. Um, but it's, it's like this huge, like you said, balancing act, you know, and then sometimes with rest and, and, you know, again, I'm not a mental health professional, <laughs> you know, but I mean, there's times where people, you know, I call it the accum accumulative effect, you know, so it's like, okay, well, you have that full-time job and then you have three kids. Um, and then you also have a house to take care of and you've been helping your parents. And then now you're stacking all of these responsibilities and then you're beating yourself up about not working out three days a week. And there's this accumulative effect of stress. So sometimes your body goes into an injury or something where it's just saying, mm, we're going to pull back and we're going to do maybe no workouts for a week or two weeks or a month. And you're going to reinvest your energy into relaxation or meditation or reading or cooking or spending time with your kids or spending time with your parents or, you know, just having sometimes, sometimes I, you know, and I know we're personal trainers, but sometimes more exercise is just not the answer. Right. Exactly. And I, when I run my 21 day programs and, you know, we encourage people to exercise, right. At least, you know, five times a week, right. but but I also remind people that there are those days where, yeah, if you're feeling injured, if you're feeling like, yeah. you know, I guess just being more in tune with your body, right? Listening and saying like, yeah. if you feel that exercise is going to put you back or, you know, right. possibly, uh, you know, not be good for you that day or whatever it is, you know, right. I mean, not just because right. you don't feel like working out, but like legitimately listening to your body and saying like, do I have an injury? Am I too sore? Right. Is this going right. you know, right. to enough, that sort of thing. Like, I'm like, take that 30 minutes and do something else, but do something for you still. Right. Like, you right. know, do something creative, listen to a podcast, you know, read, read a book or, you know, something like that. Because, yeah. um, you know, I just think any time we take to focus on ourselves is really important. So it's huge. It's huge. And a lot of people with the whole quarantine, they've revisited the whole concept of, of leisure. Like there are people that were unemployed. I mean, I've had family, people in my own family, you know, my siblings and, and I mean, they weren't like leisurely enjoying their unemployment, you know, but there was this concept with some people, there was a pullback, you know, I had several friends and clients, you know, they were commuting downtown from Northwest Indiana, you know, or, or even from the suburbs in Illinois. And now all of a sudden they are working remotely and they're like, oh, I have two more hours in my day what do I do? Do I get more sleep? Do I sleep in until I have to log in on my computer? You know, do I, do I go for a walk? Do I walk my dog? I mean, there are, you know, I mean, literally, I, I, I don't know about, you know, your clientele, but I've had people that were like waking up at 4 30, 5 a.m. So they could, you know, get the kids ready, the dog, you know, get all that situated, drive to the train station, get on the train, go down. To, I mean, and literally their day, I mean, I would just listen to their day. And then I, I would be like, oh my gosh. And then 15 hours later, you're home and you're supposed to make a homemade meal. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So the concept of like even having leisure time, like I think a lot of people, especially with the restaurants being closed, a lot of people, a positive, a highlight that has come out of COVID for a lot of the people I know is they've started cooking again. Yeah. And I'm like, that 
that's awesome. Or if they, if they don't have time or they, they, that's not a part of their, what they enjoy, they've like hired a chef or revisited some other meals that they used to enjoy because their time, I mean, the whole COVID thing has really switched how people spend their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, people, I've known a couple of people that not only their quality of life improved because they were working from home, but yeah. there were some of my friends that yeah. were like temporarily unemployed from the job that they were at. And they were like, yeah. that job is not for me. Yeah. I'm so much happier. <laughs> my life is so much better. I feel so much healthier. Yes. Oh, I've you know? noticed and that. And they were like, yes, yes. did not go back to that job you know, when they yeah. could, they were like, you know, I put in my two weeks, I found another job. I just took some time off. I started a business, whatever. Um, because it was like, Hey, people realize like, what have I been doing? I think when people yeah. are stuck on that hamster wheel of like going around and around and around right. every day, I mean, right. you don't even have time to really check in and be like, am I gratified by what I'm doing? Is this, where am I going? What am right. I doing? What, right. you know? And um, that's one thing I always really stress with my clients and on this podcast and yeah, yeah, why I created this podcast, right? The playful life is because like we have one life, we have one experience in this physical body, in this time with these people, like, what are you doing? Like, don't, right. you know, don't wait until it's too late. Don't right. wait until you can't move or, you know, can't right. feed yourself right. or God forbid, what, you know, what are you doing on this planet? If you are not, you know, right. enjoying life. Right. So it's, um, yeah, what, a, what, a I think in some ways a blessing that that time was for, for some people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Really and checking back up. in. Yeah. Like checking back in, like I, a habit I developed and I, you know, I had some friends help me and then I took a class and honestly, I'm telling you meditation, this, I know that I'm, I am very type A and I'm very hyperactive. I am. I mean, I even see it in my three-year-old, you know, and I just think for, you know, when I go to pick them up, you know, from daycare and I just think like, this is payback. Like literally what I am experiencing right now, he is running laps running laps. And I'm like, yeah, who else do I know that basically that was my life every day I got home from school and I had to run my laps. So literally I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is just me experiencing what my parents experienced with me, you know, and just spending more time with them and being aware of what's happening. The, the whole concept of meditation and putting that into my life and just, just even having 20 minutes to just sit down and be quiet and not have a device or music or driving somewhere or just, just noise in general, it really has helped me to refocus on the things that are really important. And I don't know, I mean, I'm turning 40 this year. I don't know, maybe it's, you know, I asked my sisters, like, is this a midlife crisis? You know, my older <laughs> sister, you know, I'm one of six, but I'm like, you know, is what I'm going through, is this like called a midlife crisis? <laughs> Because I'm like, you know, that practice, I don't really like that. And this one, I really do like. And, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me again, if I offer massage therapy, you know, and I haven't done massage for almost two years now. And although I really enjoyed it, it was physically like so taxing for me, you know, between getting up at night with my son, you know, at the time when I was doing massage therapy um, and, you know, just like, like you said, you know, this whole time period, just taking a step back and, and really evaluating and contemplating, you know, is this the right path? Is, is what I'm doing now, you know, at 39 years old, 
is this going to give me the results I want in a year or five years or 10 years? And am, am I doing anything to build, you know, those stepping stones to, to get to the end result? You know, where is this yellow book road leading me to, you know? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, you just muted yourself. <laughs> um, that? There we go. And something happened. You just muted yourself for a second. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. I mean, does that, I mean, is this, I don't know. Is this, is this, we've worked, you've worked with an, is this called like a midlife crisis? I don't know. <laughs> you know, Elaine, I hope that people go through a transitional period like this every year, every two years, every three years, you know, I feel um, that I had a moment when I was turning 30. So I don't know if it's every okay. decade, okay. one of these, but when I was in my early thirties, I really was like, okay, I was so unhappy, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what forces us to that point. Do we have to get so uncomfortable with the uncomfortable that we decide we even want to change? I think that's part of it. And when I work with clients, I, I tell them the same thing. I say, yeah, I know these workouts are uncomfortable. I know it's going to be uncomfortable to choose yeah. healthy sometimes or to go to bed early. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Go to People, certain things, right? It's not easy to always make the healthy decisions, yeah. especially when it comes to food. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like not sometimes always we easy. want to comfort ourselves with food or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I am, uh, in a place again, because when COVID happened and everything stopped for me, I did look at things and, and then I feel like I slipped into this pattern now when everything opened back up that I was like, I have to do everything, you know, again. And I was like, um, you know, it was, it was, I don't know if it was like a fear that like everything's going to close down again. I'm not going to have it. I hope not. Oh, gosh. So like I have to, you know, but I, I, I don't know if that was like part of my thought process, like, oh, I better do this. I better do this. I better say yes to this and yes to this and yes to that, and, you know, because right. I don't know if it's all going to go away one day, but I have somehow dug myself into the same hole that oh, I was no. so happy to get out of when quarantine first happened. Right. When yeah. I feel like when everything shut down, it was, there was some anxiety there, but like you said, I sort of really embraced that. Okay. I'm just going to sit at home, just be with myself, understand yeah. where I'm going. And, um, I was doing well for a while and I just, I mean, I love that I could be so open and honest with my audience here and admit that I go through the same struggles that everybody else does. Oh, we all do. Um, yeah. And I'm really at this crossroads where I have to figure out, okay, what what is working and, and not even in a financial way, but just what, right. what do I want? What do I want? What am I saying right. yes to that's not really a yes for me, right? In right, here. right. Well, redefining those boundaries. I think people are doing that all the time. I mean, and I know I keep going back talking about my son, but I mean, you know, he's going to be four this year. And there, there are days where the morning routine, it goes so well, you know, it's just like, you know, gets up, use the word potty training. He's doing awesome in potty training, you know, uses the potty, washes his hands. We get to sit down and we're going to eat breakfast. And then it's like, all of a sudden, I don't even know my child anymore, you know, like, you know, and then there's other days where he's fighting with me about brushing his teeth or, you know, I mean, it's just like, I, I must say with motherhood, I am definitely more comfortable in my role as a mom. Um, but I feel like my son, he, he definitely like feeds 
my need for challenge and my need for change and growth. Because I'm telling you, Crystal, literally, like my kid, he's like, mom's getting it too easy this morning. You know, we are, I am not going to cooperate with getting in the car or I'm not going to let her put my shoes on or, you know what I mean? Like, so then each day I'm like, I'm literally like, I get that. I drop them off at daycare and then I get back and I think about like, okay, what went wrong? <laughs> like, what, did I, what could I have done differently? You know? And then with, you know, the boundaries of like, did I give him too much time to play in the sink with the water or, you know, did, I don't know, you know, like, was he, did he really not have to go to the potty? And, you know, it's just like, different things where I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm constantly like going through this mental process where I'm vetting, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. And I, and I don't know, maybe this is like every mom that has a toddler because I, I swear it's like a three-nager situation where he, you know, he's ecstatically happy one minute. And then the next minute he's bawling, you know, over, I don't know, his sticker ripped. I, you know, <laughs> Like he's like, you know, pulling stickers out. We have these little, you know, he likes putting those stickers on the paper and stuff. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's like, he was so thrilled about everything else. And then, Ooh, Mickey Mouse's ears came off and I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, here we go. Let's, let's get into happy dance and get up and move. Um, because all of a sudden, you know, what was a really excellent morning. It could go south really quick with a three-year-old. Um, but, but in your situation, I'm sorry, I know I'm totally going no, off. No, I, this is such just a good lesson. keep talking about my kid. Um, but you're, uh, you're, you know, going back and, and revisiting your, your loves and, and things that are going to change, you know, like, well, maybe like I, I love reading. I can't, you know what, honestly, I kind of forgot how much I like to read. And then I had some time with the quarantine and, and the gym in Illinois closing. And oh, by the way, I haven't, I'm, I'm not currently taking clients there in Mokina, oh. in Illinois. I'm, I'm solely working here in Cherville um, because awesome. like I said, like 80% of my business is remote. So I'm here and then the other 20% is here, you know, so, so I, I am just solely in Indiana now, um, which is, you know, I don't know, neither good nor bad. I love the gym in Illinois. Uh, but some of, some of the things like I loved reading and I read for clients, you know what I mean? Like if a client says, you know, Hey, check out this book. I want, you know, and I'll read it for them, you know, or I'm like reading a book about, you know, what's the next step in, in, you know, potty training or what's the next step, you know, or like I'll read a recipe, but like the concept of me getting a book that like, I just want to read just for me. It seems like so luxurious. I, you know, like, like, why can't I let myself have 20 minutes, you know, to sit down to read a book? Like I'm, I'm feeling guilty doing that. And I'm like, why, why, why is that my life? I don't have to wait till I'm retired to sit down and get to read a book I enjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, you've hit so many things in like <laughs> the last three minutes. Sorry. But Sorry. I think, um, I'll try to tie it all together, but I agree that there's that sense of feeling a little bit guilty when we do something good for ourselves. And um, yeah. you know, I, I work yeah. with my clients in that way, sort of like, you know, what is this identity that you've created for yourself? And in what ways does having a healthier practice go against this identity that you've created that you think right. other people need from you or that, you know, this yeah. construct of whatever that you think you have to uphold for all these other people in your life. 
And um, I've, I've been really reading a lot about stoicism recently. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting sort of like the whole um, concept is I think very skewed from like now in modern times we, when we think of people being stoic, we tend to have, or society tends to have a very negative connotation of what that means, yeah, right? Somebody I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Very, um, you know, just detached from everything, doesn't care. Somebody's very selfish, but um, I mean, really, truly, like the Stoics had a lot of just amazing wisdom. And, you know, in studying sort of like serenity and, and letting go and letting God and things like that, like it really is, that is what Stoicism is, sort of that, like, what, what can I control? What can't I control? And I think maybe mm -hmm. um, when you talk about, you know, your, your child, like he <laughs> doesn't really have a sense right. yet, right, right, of what's right. in control and what isn't. And right. he's very attached to those emotions about those things. Right. And, um, and we see it with children, like you said, right. You could go from having a great day, thicker yeah. <laughs> rips. Yeah. Shots of, you know, where, and, um, but yeah. how often do we as adults do the same thing, right? We can be having a great day. Somebody cuts us off in traffic, boom, yeah. chain of events. Yeah totally turns around. Now we're in a bad mood. Now the next interaction we have is this, and it's sort of like the snowball. Right. And, um, you know, when I got into sort of learning about like the law of attraction, manifestation, all these things, right. It's, you know, all about like creating a, a positive mindset. So important, but I, I think even more so it's detaching from those emotions that sort of come up in that situation. Like I don't have to carry that person cutting me off in traffic all oh, no. day with me, right? I don't have to carry them go. somebody messed up my order at the coffee shop, whatever. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let it go. That was not in my control, right? So right. sort of right. understanding those things has been really helpful for me. And um, I, I think sometimes it's easier for me to deal with the things that aren't in my control because I say like, right. okay, well, I don't know. I have no control over that, right? right. But I think what's really happening now that I'm doing this is there's a big light that's getting shown back at me and saying, okay, Crystal, here are all the things that are in your control. And now you need to do something about these things. And I think that's when it gets very difficult for me. <laughs> so me as the coach in me, like so badly wants to ask you questions. <laughs> like, are, are we allowed to do that? I don't know. I know you're interviewing me, but can I, of like, course. what's going on? What's of going on? Can. Crystal, the coach in me is like, what is it? What is, what is the mirror saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I feel that it's, and you know, I mean, maybe this is a blessing and maybe it's a curse, but I think just being one of those people that just loves to do so many things, right? I mean, oh, I, yeah. I love to perform. I love fitness. I love you know, helping people, volunteering, you know, being active in my church, right? I, I love, I, I really truly love all these things, but um, I think what I have to really figure out is what is it about these things that I really do enjoy? What, what specifically is it? Is it really all these things? Do really all of these things bring me joy or fulfill me? And what is it about these things specifically yeah. that fulfills me? Yeah. Because if I can get rid of all things and keep one thing, what would it even be and why? And how would that fulfill mm. me? You know, so, um, so I think once I figure that out, 
Yeah. And I've, I've asked my higher power to help me figure that out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think once I do, and I say yes, and I commit to that one thing, it's gonna, it's all yeah. just, gonna, all the trees are gonna yeah. go, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I think, I think what, what I'm hearing you say is that you feel spread thin. Mm. You're, you're in a lot of areas and this is a lot of people and it, it, it's, it really does not have a relation to the time period, but you are such a generous giving person. You know, you have the podcast, you know, you have your business. I know you like to perform all the things you're saying, all the different areas that are highlights in your life. You know, that if one of the puzzle pieces probably wasn't active at all in a zero percentage of your time, you know, who would you be? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like I, I had a client that comment you had said about upholding other people's constructs. So I had a conversation with one of my coaching clients a few weeks ago about how it was like every Thursday, I think it happened to be, it happened to be like every Thursday, him and his buddies would go out, you know, for beers after work, that would be his thing, you know? And, and he was talking about wanting to cut back on, you know, calories and alcohol intake. And he's like, you know, and I, and I asked the question, you know, so how many beers would you normally have? Like typical question, right? And then, you know, it took him a while because he was like, I have no idea. How do I know? What do you want? You know, you don't count how many, you know, and I was like, well, next time you go out, shoot me a text. And, you know, if you get your receipt or your tab or whatever, let me know. And he's like, you know, it's probably like nine or 10. And I was like, so how would your social situation be different if you had, I don't know, eight or seven or less? Like you just cut back a couple hundred calories. Like if you for one week took out the volunteering piece or for one, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how your priorities rank, you know, but just like in coaching that we do for our clients is, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like with the diet, like, how do you know what's triggering the reaction unless you eliminate it? Like for a lot of people, I'm like, okay, where, where do you want to start? What's the easiest thing to pull out? Pop. Okay. I'll put, let's pull out pop for a couple of weeks. Did it change your headaches? Did it change the scale? Did it make you feel less bloated? You know, what's the deal? You know, a lot of people with skin, we're talking about um, dairy, you know, the connect, you know, well, let's take dairy out for, you know, however long you can handle that, you know, a couple of weeks and see what the, what the response is, you know, but I think having that time to reflect and, and you're still offering in home, like you're still traveling. Like I, oh my gosh, I probably stopped that seven, maybe seven years ago, because I just found the, t- the time in, in the, and you know what, I'm where I originally grew up, we would, we would walk places like we didn't, it, I didn't grow up like here in Northwest Indiana, you know, like we could get out and go walk to school, we could walk to the grocery store, you could walk to the convenience store, you could walk to the candy store, you know what I mean? So like, we didn't um, always have to like be in a vehicle or you could like take public transportation. You could hop on the bus or you, know, you could take a train or whatever. So the, the concept of, um, you know, having, having all these, like the situation that we have right now with like having everything private, you know, like, okay, so you have to be careful with what you're doing. Um, and then it, it, it creates like, a lot more time in your calendar because like even even me like if I have an in-person client and I have to clean up after them I have to consider you know the handles where you know all the the things and in how everything is is just connected to one another well now things are just so different you know 
that you can't just go to church. Like you have to, okay, so do I have to make a reservation? Okay, like we wanted to go to the zoo. We went to the zoo the other week and it was like, well, now we have to make a reservation, but it's like really weird. Okay, can I just say for a minute, the thing with the zoo is so weird, Crystal, because you, granted, we got a Zoom membership. I can thank my sister for that. So we got a Zoom membership and you have to make a reservation. But usually like if you don't make that reservation by like Monday or Tuesday, you will not get a time to get into the zoo. I'm talking Brookfield Zoo in Illinois. And if it rains, there's like no refund. Anyway, I understand the zoo. Like I love the zoo. I get it because how else are you going to make sure there's a particular capacity unless you have a reservation? But just the whole way of doing things, I feel like the zoo is not like what it used to be. Like for me as a kid, it would be like, oh, you know, I don't know, we're on spring break or, oh, it's a Sunday. Let's all, you know, get in the the wagon and, you know, and go to the zoo. Now you have to plan ahead. You have to make a reservation. Am I wearing my mask? Did everybody bring their mask? You know, certain like indoor places are closed. And, you know, it's, I just feel like right now at this point in time, no wonder people's anxiety and depression is through the roof because to go to church, like my sister was telling me with her church, she has to make a reservation and then there's like a check-in process, you know? So it's, it's like, it's just a lot of the everyday things are not easy. Mm. You know, there's like a procedure where it used to just, I feel like it used to just be easy. You just go, you don't think about, you know, all these things. But now, now you do need to think about all these things, you know? So then you, your time, if going to church used to cost you, I don't know, let's say an hour and a half. Well, now it might cost you two hours because now I need to plan ahead. I need to make a reservation. And then where are you sitting in church? And like, I grew up in the Catholic church where you, you know, you'd like shake people's hands, you know, PC with you, like shake people's hands and you do, you know, communion and stuff. Like, do those things even happen right now? It's mostly a wave. Hey, peace, peace, peace. You know, yeah. I mean, we still... Sure do that and wear masks. And yeah, but you're right. Um, you know, sort of those things. And I mean, I'm very, very fortunate that when churches were allowed to open again, mine did, and I could go back and Mm -hmm. I mean, slowly, slowly it's opening up more and more people are more comfortable being there. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, I, I understand that like, you know, yeah, you know, that's something that hopefully for a lot of people brings them joy and brings them comfort and, you know, it should hopefully be that place where sort of the worries and cares of the world melts away. And now it's not right now, COVID, you know, even though hopefully we're safe from it when we're in church, it still follows us into the church, right? It's sort of that, that looming, there's a virus out there, right? Like, because yeah. everybody's wearing masks and we're all got yeah. hand sanitizer. Over. So it's, it's even though, even though we've gone back to some sort of normalcy, it, there's still this like, like this dark cloud that I feel like really follows yeah. us wherever we go. Yeah. And like, yeah. these things aren't easy to do anymore, yeah. right? Going to pick up coffee isn't even easy anymore. Right. Oh, I was just talking to a client about that. And I asked, cause she retired recently and I asked, you know, how's retired life? And she was like, you know, I, all I wanted, all I wanted when I was working full time was to just meet up with my friends and go for coffee. So she retires. And then like, you know, months later, it's COVID quarantine. And in a year's time, she hasn't, you know, hasn't been back to a coffee shop. And I just think about that kind of stuff now, like what's the future? Not that, not that I want anyone to be anxious about it, but I, I think about, you know, the business in, in the business world, 
you know, the, the future of what we have and how many, even like in Chicago, how many restaurants have closed? How many restaurants have closed permanently in the fitness right. industry, you know, with, with right. what we do and how we do things. And, and some things are good. It's not all negative. I love that my clients are using resources like my fitness pal, YouTube. I love that they're, you know, using Facebook and different ways to get, you know, their workouts in, you know, I love that people are being creative in that regard. Um, but, you know, and I mean, this is kind of the evolution of time, right? If, if a concept, you know, like the concept of a buffet, I, I really wondered, you know, that Chinese, that China buffet that's on, um, Indianapolis and route 30 yeah. in, um, in Cherville, mm-hmm. I thought for sure they would never reopen crystal. They reopened. Oh my goodness. A buffet. So I, don't, I, mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I was not a buffet person before COVID, but I am certainly absolutely not a buffet person now, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm sort of interested to see how one operates now. I mean, is there just me too. like a lunch lady line where somebody just <laughs> there and they just serve it to you? I don't know. And there's like the screen, you know, like if you're, you're going, you know, going anywhere and there's like the plexiglass. <sighs> yeah, right. Yeah. All the um, <laughs> I should have yeah. gotten in the business of selling plexiglass. I would have been a billionaire, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, and it's interesting too, because I, I feel like, like the, the coffee house and even bars, right. And sort of like these communal gathering places that we had yeah. or at the gym yeah. where people can yeah. have conversations. And like, when you go back to like the history of coffee, the history of tea in Europe, mm-hmm. I'd like right. somehow these coffee houses, like became financial institutions and stuff like that really because people would get together and they'd sit down and they would talk about ideas they would share ideas and um I think that's I think that's a reason why podcasts are so popular because people just want to sort of like sit in on someone's conversation but um I think some of the cancel culture and some of the intolerance to people's differences that we were experiencing in our society right now is in part due to, you know, that lack of gathering, that mm-hmm. lack of, can we have face to face? And, you know, when somebody's sitting behind a, a, a screen and typing on a computer or on their phone, people are very ballsy with what they say and, and how they interact right. with people. Right. Then if they were having just a conversation with right. somebody, there's, it's very difficult to pick up on nuances and tone of voice right. and you know, sarcasm and things like that, that, you know, as part of human interaction, right. That's what we're meant to do. So, um, so yeah, you know, something I, you know, and I, I know we probably need to wrap up here. We're we're looking at an hour. I don't know. I know you and I can talk forever. Um, but the, like the art, the art of conversation, I mean, I was a school teacher and granted, I know with kids, it's different, you know, and adults were, you know, more educated and how to pronounce things and enunciation, you know, communication skills in general, um, but as, as a school teacher, even when I taught high school, I mean, no joke, this is, this is not even 10 years ago. You know, I would sit there and I would watch the kids and I don't know, say they were getting together for a school assembly. And if they were allowed to have their phones on them for the time, I mean, it would be nothing for literally an entire, you know, section of 200 kids to just be, you know, and, and there's no, there's no communication, you know, and as a teacher, you know, I work with high schoolers, you know, I was a PE teacher. There's no flirtation. There's no, you know, like, Hey, Hey, hey look at, you know, look, you know, or I mean, and then I'm, I'm wondering, like, I don't know why I wonder these things, maybe because I just love love and I love for people to like be happy. And, but I'm like, you know, how many like missed opportunities to like ask someone to do a dance or like, are they even, 
are they even having dances? Like, are, are they having proms? Are they, you know, and I just think now with, with the way, you know, technology is great because obviously we can do things like this. And my business has developed in a different path, which I'm so grateful for the technology. But in a lot of regards is when it comes to that human interaction, and especially in the, in the younger kids now, a lot of times when you say, you know, say to like, you know, whatever, a junior or a senior in high school, you know, hey, I, I heard you're going for that interview, you know, for an internship or a job or a college interview, you know, how do you say hello? How, you know, do you, you know, and do you shake hands now? You know, what, you know, how do you say, you know, my name is, you know, and why I'm interested in going to XYZ college or getting XYZ job is a lot of children are, unless their parents are teaching them that, you know, and teachers only, they're, they're doing the best they can. But as soon as a lot of kids have free time, they're pulling back in, they're finding a device and they're locking in. And, and they're not necessarily, like you said, even being a fly on a wall to another person's conversation. Like I taught driver's ed. And one of the things a lot of the parents said to me is, you know, I would ask them, you know, you had to do like so many like behind, and this was in Illinois. So I, I know Indiana's different, but I'm sure they have to do some hours. Um, but they, you know, we would ask the kids to do a certain amount of hours practice driving, you know, before they would go, you know, to the DMV, DMV, whatever, to get their driver's license test. You know, and a lot of the parents would say, you know, like, hey, you know, you know, the route we take to get to church or the grocery store. And, and the kids are like, no, I, I don't know. Because for years, they have been on a device as a passenger in that vehicle. They have not been, you know, a lot of, a lot of the children are not like looking to see what the street is or where so-and-so's house is or what's the route. Or, you know, just, wow. just simple things that I feel like, you know, I don't know, maybe as I'm entering my midlife crisis, I'm saying about how things were so different when we were young, you know, uh, but it's just, it's just, it's a different world that we live in now. Crazy. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's like, I don't know if that makes me want to laugh or cry. That's so, I don't know. So not, that, not that, you know, so you and I were like experts at, you know, having a conversation or going on a date, but I think about that, how many how many like 20, you know, I don't even know, like whatever age they, they're allowed to start dating and they go on their first date. Like, are they, like, I literally in my mind think like, are they just like, are the, the young man and young women just sitting there on their phone? Well, you probably think about that because you have a kid, you know, and right. you're probably <laughs> thinking, you know, for your child, what's that going to be like, you know, what's right. that I want him to be friendly. Be like, like, yeah, like definitely be aware of strangers. But, you know, if this is a person coming into my house and someone's walking into a room, you know, I'll say, you know, Victor, Victor, say hello you know, say, you know, greet, greet the person who just entered the room. And, you know, a lot of those every day that I think are common courtesies, are they, are they still present now? Yeah. Whew, girl, I feel like we've opened up a whole nother can of worms. Sorry. <laughs> health and fitness. We were supposed to talk about health and fitness. <laughs> but but I, love it. I love it. I love when the conversation just takes on a life of its own. Well, I want to respect your time, my dear. So um, I'm excited. You've got elainevince.com, which I will link below this episode and very proud of the work that you've done. Thank with you. That. It Thank looks you. Thank beautiful. And um, Ayurveda, you're doing that with your clients now. I said it right. And um, <laughs> so, so tell people, you know, where can they find you and, sure. um, you know, get, connect with you and all of those okay. things. Okay. Okay. So I'm, um, I'm on Facebook. So my Facebook is my business one is, is health coaching and with like an ampersand 
health coaching and personal training. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's, my name is backwards. It's Vince Elaine on Instagram. It's my last name and then my first name. And then like Crystal said, thank you that, that uh, w- learning how to build a website, you know, because I talked to you about it. Whew, that was a lesson and an experience. Um, so you can visit my website. Um, but I still, you know, I mean, I love, I love the consultation part of it. You know, a question I've, I've gotten recently from a lot of people is, can I just, can I just consult with you? And I'm like, yes, that is, that is part of what we do. So if you want to do a 30 minute consultation, that could be your appointment. If all you need to do is like, is to find out is what I'm doing gonna work? Yeah. You know, and, and everybody like in the meantime, you know, keep your body moving and just make the best decisions that you can, you know, as Crystal and I have pointed out, I I really don't think things are ever going to go back to the way they were pre 2020. I I think there's still going to be some systems that are going to be implemented that because of COVID, even, even though, you know, the vaccine is, is, I know in Indiana, it's more readily available. Uh, But, you know, you're still going to have to be your own advocate. And uh, if please go get your preventative health appointments, if you have not done that back to your your general physician awesome yes thank you oh thank you so much i know that you're busy you know busy with clients and a busy mama and and all those things so i always appreciate when i get to see you and you know we get to either uh share a cup of coffee or lunch or uh this is so awesome to to share this conversation with all of all the people listening and watching so um yeah, so we'll we'll keep in touch and uh, God Thank bless you. you and everything that you're doing and all the people you're helping Thank you. and you too. Um, you too. We'll chat soon. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. If someone you love would benefit from this message, please, please share this podcast with them. And if you want more out of your life, not just surviving every day, but you want to truly thrive, visit me at crystallizedhealthadvisors.com or on Facebook to schedule your free dream strategy call with me today. Do not hesitate any longer. Life is short and I want you to truly live the playful life. I will see you next time. And as always, stay playful.